The following is a Pro Football Network podcast, the primary voice for pro football at ProFootballNetwork.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What is up, everybody? Uh, we got the NFL Combine. It's in the books, in the rearview mirror, and we are here on a Monday morning, Ali, to go back over, kind of talk about our key takeaways. So uh, it's an exciting time. I I was really shocked and, and impressed by a lot of the performances out there. Uh, it's always a great event to kind of it's it's a really it's a checkpoint. It's a big milestone through the draft process. So a great time, man. And I know you were you were you know cruising, you know, putting those numbers, the metrics into the spreadsheet and everything, doing a ton of work over this past weekend. So I mean, first off, Ali. How you doing? I hope you got a little bit of sleep after all that. <laughs> no, I did not. I'm planning on having some. Holly doesn't tonight. sleep. He does it's, not sleep. Sleep is for the weak. Uh, sleep <laughs> hey, is. Not I'm for right. The I'm right here. I'm right here. Come on, man. <laughs> okay. Firstly, sleep isn't for the weak. Just to appease it, <laughs> guys. Grinding is grinding. Grinding the tape. Grinding the numbers is great. Sleep is important too. Get some sleep if you haven't. I'm certainly going to get some sleep tonight. But I've, I've just enjoyed this past four or five days. I've been watching every single 40 time that came through, which, you know, that is the marquee event of the combine. So I kind of feel privileged to, to watch some of these guys go to work. And we're going to we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about some prospects who absolutely flew, but not just on the 40 on field drills, different testing um measures that have been in place these last four days for these NFL draft prospects. The um it's it's been it's been an interesting weekend. It's been an interesting week, shall I say. Um I'm just looking forward to breaking it down, dissecting it with you for for everyone that's listening to us. Yeah, for sure. And you know, there's a lot of great resources out there. Just uh, you know, just a heads up, we do have a lot of pieces kind of going, you know, biggest risers, biggest followers. You know, we got positional who did the most for their stock. We got all those up. And then our guy Kent Lee Platt, Math Bomb on Twitter. Uh, he has got a ton of RAS uh data already out there on how guys kind of measure with past athletes. So that's a great resource as well. Check that out and see where guys kind of stack up. But Alia, I guess we'll get right into it. We'll go through our takeaways. I feel like we got to start with, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, kind of overarching storylines that have been kind of taken over this week. I feel like the speed, the sheer speed that we saw uh, was, was just unreal, specifically from we got to give a shout out to these guys, the Baylor guys. I swear. I mean, Kalen Barnes, 423, 100th of a second off the record uh, set by John Ross. Uh, and then you got JT Woods and Taekwon Thornton, who both ran really fast, too. I mean, those guys are just different, man. I mean, I, I, honestly, 
it, when you see those guys run the way they do, we know we knew Kalen Barnes was going to run like that. That's the thing. And it was still surprising to see it. I mean, you know, talk talk about that speed, man. You know, I know for me personally, it's always kind of awe-inspiring to see that. It's it's funny because we were we were having this conversation on maybe Friday night between me, yourself, James Fregrosa and, and Cam Meller here at Pro Football Network is to oh what do you what do you think you would be able to run in the forty and and I, I I'm a I'm certainly not anymore but at one point I was a pretty decent marathon runner and um, I can't even contemplate like what my forty time would be like even in general let alone compared to these these insane athletes is and this is one of the things that that you being in the UK from the UK you struggle to explain to people how athletic american football players are college prospects nfl players like you be you can't explain it to people the, the stop start nature of a sport hides how insanely athletic these these uh, these players are but it was on full display you know i i i got Kalen barnes tabbed as you mentioned it there he, he was always a guy who was going to come out and test well as was jt woods taekwon thornton wasn't a guy that i, I had in mind for for setting the top um, some of the top 40 da- yard dash times at the, the combine, but 423 for Kalon, 428 for Tyquan Thornton. JT Woods, I think, clocked in at 4.36. He did, yeah, 436 official. There's something in the water down in Baylor. Um, and, and big shout out to Baylor, who we, we appear to have gathered a few Baylor fans here at Pro Football Network's draft department over the past couple of days, but just insane. I'm just totting up, um, aside from the Baylor guys, almost 40. Um, NFL draft prospects, 2022 NFL draft prospects who ran under 4.4 seconds in the four yard dash over the last four days. Absolutely yeah. insane. That's, insane. It's awesome, man. And, and it's interesting. You know, I feel like on one hand, the, the, it's a second, right? You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't seem like a huge, a huge difference from like a four four to a five four you know on the surface but it is i mean you look at how fast these guys are running you know it makes a little bit of a difference and football is a game of inches we've said that time and time again and it's like if you're covering you know i don't know just and these rates are arbitrary all right this is not me i don't have like any so they're like like 10 feet per second or like as opposed to nine feet per second sometimes that extra foot is all you need to make the play that the other guy can't make right so it's you know, it, it's a very thin margin of error. And if you have that top end speed to g- just get a little edge on the other guy, you know, that really helps you out. So I think, you know, that speed is important. And it's really cool to see uh, all these guys running below 4-4 because there's a lot of solid players running below 4-4 as well. It's not just like pure athletes who need to develop their game. There's a lot of guys who, you know, have that ability, that football intelligence uh, and they have that athletic upside too, you know, so kind of compiling that together. It's really fun to get a look at those players. Uh, but I do think, you know, and I, we were going to start it off. I think I forgot to mention this, but we were going to start off like this, looking at a guy like Kalen Barnes, you know, or looking at some of these, some of these other guys, you know, I feel like the speed metrics do kind of inflate their stock a little bit. So we got to, we got to reel ourselves back a little bit and remind ourselves, we were talking about this on the initial combine preview podcast that these measurements aren't everything, you know, and I'm not going to say that Kalen Barnes is like better than say Kyrie Elam just because he ran a faster 40, you know, you got to look at the tape, the tape holds precedence. And, you know, usually 
if you actually honestly watch the tape and kind of dive through, you can get a pretty good expectation of what of how players are going to test. Sometimes you get surprised a little bit. There were a few surprises this year. But usually, if you, in good faith, watch these guys and try to peg down their numbers, usually you're going to be pretty accurate. Like, if you watch Kalen Barnes, you knew he was going to run in, in the four twos. It's just how, how he moves, right? But at the same time, you know, you can't go by the numbers themselves because football is such a detail-oriented sport. Uh, you got to have that mental fail-safe in mind where, hey, I love throwing these numbers around and seeing how amazing these athletes are. But there's a lot more to football than that. I mean, Aldi, you know, how do you kind of take yourself back from that? Because for me, you know, you got to have that mental fail safe, always active, always on, because otherwise you can get drawn into this mindset where, oh, this guy has a 9.99 RAS. He must be an incredible football, football player. It, it means he has incredible upside, but there's still work to do for a lot of these guys. Yeah. And I think it's particularly difficult um, as the NFL evolves. Um, to, to, to bear that in mind and take that into consideration because so much of the game now is can you, you you can't train athleticism into a technically proficient player but you can attempt to um, add the technical element, coach the technical element into a hyper athlete you know we saw that with um, of OA out of Penn State last year, you know, a, a kid who was insanely athletic, but maybe not quite there from a technical perspective, um, snagged by the Baltimore Ravens and, and had a, a, a superstar to his NFL career this last season. Um, so it is difficult to bear that in mind when you see that the NFL is trending towards more athletic, freakish prospects who they can then mold and shape as actual football players. Um, but as you said, as you said, the the NFL Combine is a part of a much bigger process. It's I, I think I used the the phrase. It's a piece of a jigsaw that doesn't define. It's a piece of the puzzle that doesn't define the whole jigsaw. Um, you know, tape over everything, testing matters, and um, player interviews, the off field stuff. It's all a part of a picture, and it's important not to overreact to to a measure like the forty yard dash because. In, in essence, but particularly the 40-yard dash, which is hilarious because it's kind of the marquee event of the combine. You know, there isn't a 40-yard dash that wasn't demonstrated on TV, whereas you didn't see hardly anyone do the bench press, for example. So the 40-yard dash is the marquee event of the NFL combine. However, its relevance isn't super important when you look at the whole picture of, uh, of the game of football because how often do you run 40 yards in a straight line? Not very often. There, there, there's there's players who will have ran a forty Indian in Indianapolis this week who will never run a forty yard straight in a forty yard line ever again. So although it's a marquee event, it's, you've got to temper how much you put um, that drill, that measure, that metric into your overall evaluation. And, and I think we, we we mentioned this on um, on our in, initial combine preview show. It might be that a result surprises over the week in Indianapolis that takes you back to the tape um, and you say, well, you know, maybe I missed something. Maybe I misjudged something. Maybe I saw something that, that wasn't there when I conducted my initial evaluation. And, and this is, this is all that the combine should be in a lot of respects is it should be a, a confirmation, a clarification, a, a check of what you've already seen. But, but we, we know that NFL teams and we've seen it in the, in the past, we've seen that NFL teams put do put stock 
into these numbers. They do yeah, trust not these just, measurements. Not just stock too, like having legit thresholds that prospects need to hit to qualify yeah. for that team. You know, it's it's it like it's definitely. Uh, it's t- tough to get a balance when you're when you're having those thresholds. I feel like, but there are teams that do have that. Yeah, exactly, and we've and we've seen that um, that doesn't always um, necessitate success, or mm-hmm. vice vice versa. You know, we've seen prospects who absolutely tanked at the combine. Their stock was abysmal. They've gone on to have long starting careers in the NFL, um, and I think that's a that's a, a great sort of further example of. How you have to treat this as a um, just a piece of something much bigger, uh, much bigger puzzle, um, and in the uh, the overall picture of evaluating. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to think about what makes the forty yard dash that event. Like you said it yourself, it's the one that people. It, it's the marquee event. Like, why is it? You know, I feel like thinking about it. You know, human minds are pretty, you know, they're complex, but they can be pretty simple, too. You know, we, we like to cling to flashy things and draft analysts are no different. I mean, like you see a guy. Yeah, I feel like with a vertical jump, like if Aldi, let's say you're a casual fan, I was to tell you this guy had a 39 inch vertical jump, right? Like it's a little, you know, it's not as straightforward to convey the importance of that as it is a 40 yard dash. This guy ran a four three forty. like, whoa, that's fast, right? Like th- that guy's got speed, right? So it, it's it's really easy to convey. The 40 yard dash it's really efficient really simple and i feel like that's why people grapple to it because the idea of what it means is really easy to, to kind of you know kind of get in your system and understand but it's a little less easy to understand how it translates or how i guess how it, it doesn't completely translate to the game of football right so you know a lot of people will stop at this guy's fast what does it mean in the nfl and it means different things for different positions you know it, it means it's more important for certain positions but, you know, you got to look at the details and I think, you know, really hitting the nail on the head with there's a lot more to it than than speed. It's football. You know, you got there's a lot more details to go into play. So with that being said, though, Ali, let's completely disregard all the logic we just spewed and talk more about some numbers. Right. Uh, let's talk. Some, so let's let's move over to I know we're talking about the Baylor guys. They're fast. How about those Georgia guys, though? I mean, that trio of defensive linemen, Jordan Davis. Uh, I, I got to get the RAS up here because you got to you got to hear it to believe it, man. But this guy, I know I got to pull up the RAS here. But Jordan Davis, uh, Devontae Wyatt, Trayvon Walker. I mean, those guys just blew the roof off. I was super impressed by these guys. Yeah, here's Jordan Davis, uh, Kentley Platt. He's got the data up, tested as the most athletic defensive tackle ever <laughs> in combine history. Uh, 6'6 and 3'8, 341 pounds, 32 inch vertical, 123 inch broad jump, which is 99.8 percentile. <laughs> so that's pretty insane for being 6'6, 341. Like, are you kidding me? And then also having a 478 40 yard dash and a 1.68 10 yard split. This guy ran a faster 40 yard dash than Jake Ferguson, faster than a couple tight ends. Uh, you know, it, it's it's and almost ran a faster one than Jermaine Waller, Virginia Tech corner. So, like, this guy is a absolute freak honestly man i was shocked like i knew he was going to test well i didn't think he was going to test that well and then trayvon walker as well i think he had like a four five one forty at, at six five two seventy two and then Devonte wyatt coming in at like six three a little bit over 300 had a four seven seven had really good explosiveness drills too i mean this georgia defensive tackle or defensive line trio i should say because trayvon walker you can kind of play him anywhere but the upside is just immense with these guys i mean 
what do you think about this trio? I got to say, because I feel like the roles coming into the league are going to be very different. I feel like people are going to, people are going to look at the numbers that Davis put up and say, Oh, you can play this guy anywhere. That's not the case. And I think that goes back to the, the discussion. There's more to it than the numbers, but the numbers in themselves are pretty exciting. Aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I have a very knee jerk reaction to Jordan Davis's 40 yard dash time. And I was like, look, anyone who watches college football knows that Jordan Davis is, an athletic specimen. You know, I, I remember him chasing down Joe Burrow against LSU in 2019, 2020. So, uh, you know, Jordan Davis is, is an, a, a remarkable athlete. That was clear before he even set foot on the turf in Indianapolis if you've watched him play football. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But even even I was absolutely blown away by the time the whole thing went down. Like by the time he'd completed his jumps, by the time he'd you know said like this has been insane. When the official like time came through for Jordan Davis, you mentioned the the Raz score, the most athletic defensive tackle. I don't know if he ended up at this, but at some point on a Saturday night, Jordan Davis was the second most athletic player that uh, the the Raz measurement has ever taken into consideration in the the history that. Um, Kent has been um, providing those incredible numbers for for NFL fans and draft analysts alike. So, just an incredible athletic performance. And I, and I said yesterday, like, is if you want to look for a winner from the 2022 NFL Combine, and I use it winner in um, inverted commas because you know, as we mentioned, we shouldn't be talking winners, losers as a definitive because this is just a part of a a bigger picture but if you were looking for a winner the georgia bulldogs college football program was a huge winner from this 2022 nfl combine because if you're a if you work for georgia if you're working in the recruiting department you just spling on this nfl combine to every high school prospect in the nation and just go do you want to play in the nfl do you want to be an athlete come look see what we did here because it was just phenomenal we already knew like coming in that the program had got more um participants in the combine than any other program we've seen through the college football season that they're just a they've been an incredible defensive juggernaut but just watching those guys go to work you know you mentioned Devonte wyatt his 477 time at 304 pounds whatever he is off the top of my head that is insane and then Trayvon Walker, for me, was a guy who has put himself in amongst the pigeons at the top 10, top five positions in the um, in the 2022 NFL draft with how that kid went to work this weekend. And we mentioned it, I mentioned it when I wrote his, his scouting report, like you see on tape, what you've seen in Indianapolis this week is what you see on Trayvon Walker's tape week in, week out, because there is there are few better athletes for me in this class. A kid that can play at 275, play at 290 with no discernible drop-off drop in his athletic ability. You watch him almost teleport from the B gap to the A gap and just completely befuddle 
um, offensive lineman because we just do not know where he is because he's so his lateral agility is so off the charts. Like you can, he's the epitome of versatility for me as a defensive line prospect in this class because you can stick him on the interior of the defensive line. He's played pretty much all the way from one tech all the way up to to a wide nine alignment while he's been at Georgia. And you can see him doing that in the NFL. He's got a frame that will enable him to take, I think he could take 300 pounds and be a a dominant three tech potentially in the NFL. But it's just incredible. Absolutely insane performance from those Georgia Bulldog defensive uh, linemen. And, Lewis Seen, the safety. Man, what performance he put in yesterday. Kid yeah. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. I was gonna I, I was gonna say, I mean, not just the defensive lineman. You 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 hit the nail on the head. Like Lewis Seen as well. I mean, if I can pull up the numbers that he put up, I know vertical jump was like 36 and a half inches. Uh the broad jump was I think it was over eleven feet. 11 yeah, you're looking at eleven one. Yeah, and then he had a four three seven in the forty as well. So Lewis Seen coming. We again we knew he was gonna be athletic, but again, he just kind of you know, reaffirmed that and maybe even tested a little bit better than I expected, just because usually, you know, you don't want to like if, if someone were to come up to, uh, to come up to you on the street and ask you, what do you expect this guy to test? Like, I don't want to like I, I don't want to I feel like if, you, if you're predicting a four, three, seven, like 41 inch vert or whatever, like it, it feels like hyperbole sometimes. But if you see it, if you're confident in it, then roll with it. But even when you see these numbers, it's just it, it's it's unreal. And like I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. These guys are just insane athletes. I mean, you got to see it to believe it every year. But then not just on the defensive side, too. Uh, obviously, Channing Tindall was another one. With that 42 inch vert, with I think he ran the fourth fours in the 40. So obviously an insane athlete. And then Zamir White running back as well, running a four four. I I'll I'll tell you what, Ali, and I know we've talked about this before. I did not see that on tape. And I'm gonna have to go back and look. That was one of the surprises for me, but it just goes to show. I mean, I mean, if you're Georgia right now, this is the the best marketing move that you could have made is just train these guys up and, and let them develop into insane athletes like they did. Uh, because now you know, Georgia is a huge selling point, you know, for, for developing NFL talent. Now, I, 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 if I'm a top prospect in high school, that's got to be one of the places at the top of my list. You know, it's just it's just there, there's no replacement for quality training, you know, quality coaching. And these guys got it. Yeah, that's a great point about Zemir White, actually, because I'd almost forgotten about how insane you know, it feels like a long time ago since the running backs were on the field. It was only Friday, but Zemir White is a guy who, um, we've had discussions about while we're doing the rankings for the mock draft simulator. He's a guy who on tape, he doesn't always look like he's got that burst, that long speed, that acceleration. Kind of a, for me personally, like just a bit of a, he's, he's neither here nor there as a running back. But you look across the whole gamut of testing this um, on, on this last week, faster 40-yard dash time and the more high-profile teammate James Cook Higher vertical jump, only just very close there between the two. Further broad jump, 10-8 versus 10-4. Like, he's had the measure of James Cook from a athletic standpoint across this combine performance, which just I, I would not have predicted um, ahead of it. Um, so, yeah, fair play to Zemir White. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty surprising. Like, if you, if you told me to, you know, kind of guess what his 40 was going to be, I would have been one to two tenths off. I mean, I, I'll i be honest, I didn't see it. Uh, that's one that I'm going to mark down. I'm going to go back and watch. 
uh, because honestly, that that that's what the combine's for. Like we said, usually if you watch the tape in good faith, you know, and make sure that you're paying attention, you know, being honest with yourself and not, you know, coming in with any, you know, swayed opinions swaying your mind. I should say, I it, it's tough because when you're going through this subjective observation, like it's just you, it's all independently you. But we interact with people on Twitter. We see people say things about prospects and that naturally embeds itself in our head and it can impact our opinion coming into those watches. So, you know, it's tough. You got to you got to fight to work through that and make sure that it's completely your opinion. And it, it's really tough because I, I, I maybe at some point on the line, it was someone saying Zemir White doesn't have speed. And then you watch the tape and the, the first hint of that that you see, you're like, all right, I got it. He's not got speed. You know, it, it's one of those things. It's really tough. But that's why. You know, as human beings who are doing this observation, you really got to stay diligent. You know, you got it. and you're not going to get get it 100 percent every time. Like there, there's always going to be a couple guys that you kind of miss the mark with. I know for me, Kyron Williams was another one. I thought he was faster on tape and then he comes out and runs a four, seven, two. It got corrected to a four, six, five. But still, I had him figured as like a four, five, maybe even mid four, four guys. So I think just one of those things where you got to reevaluate and if you miss something like don't don't shy away from it just circle back to it see what you got wrong and how you can improve the next time i know that's what i'm gonna be doing and guys like zamir white and kyron williams or anyone that you kind of miss the mark with give you an opportunity to do that to look back and see how you can improve your process so that that's what the combine is for it's a great opportunity moving on to i know we had another marquee topic we wanted to talk about and i know you had some thoughts on it uh but kyle hamilton i mean it's interesting because I feel like there's the discourse surrounding him is kind of polarizing after his combine performance. I don't think anything changed regarding him. I, I think he tested really well in the explosiveness drills. Uh, the 40 wasn't as great. But again, you know, first off, bedrock, I've always been of the mind that explosiveness is more important than top end speed for safeties. You know, if you can cover ground in shorter areas and accelerate more quickly that's going to be, you know, that's going to be more important than maybe having cover, you know, 40 yards across the field, right? So it's one of those things. And Kyle Hamilton has shown that range on tape, though. That's the thing. Uh, so that's one of those. And I know you were talking about him not looking 100% for the 40, but, you know, I was, I know we've seen this comp before, uh, Kyle Hamilton to Justin Simmons. And Simmons was a guy who came out, ran like a 4.61, but then had a 40-inch vert, a really good broad jump. And it just kind of goes to show if you got the size, if you're super explosive like Hamilton is, I think he had like a 38-inch vert and a, a broad jump over, I think it was 131-inch broad jump. So if you have that explosiveness to cover those grounds, then it definitely makes up for the speed a little bit. But you you were looking at Hamilton. I only saw the times. You watched the runs, and you said he looked a little off, was kind of running a little wobbly. What did you see there, and, and how, you kinda, how do you kind of come out of this Kyle Hamilton discourse? What are you thinking? Yeah, the same same as as you mentioned at the top there. It doesn't change the discourse on Kyle Hamilton for me. I've watched Kyle Hamilton play football. I know what Kyle Hamilton brings to the football field. I uh, and I jokingly said that my scouting report, my summer scouting report on Kyle Hamilton was akin to a love letter because that's how enamored I am with this kid as a prospect, and him running the forty yard dashing. And the time that he did the the, the you know four point five nine that it became officially does not change one little bit. And when you watch the the, the runs that Kyle Hamilton put in yesterday, like he was he was I, I don't want to say it was nerves or it was 
going full tilt at something for the first time since a significant knee injury. But he was a little slow off the line for both runs. One of the runs, he was all over the track. Like, you, you can't run 4.4 in a wobbly line. Um, you know, these kids are running 4.3s, 4.4s in a straight line. Carl Hamilton was, you know, he ran off for the track at the side. Um, so that is going to, um, it's going to impact your time. And like you said, um, there we, we deal with such finite um, measurements, numbers, you know, game of inches that every little um, wasted movement, you know, we talk about efficiency of movement while we're evaluating draft prospects in terms of what they do on the field. There was no efficiency of movement for Kyle Hamilton in that 40 yard dash because kid was running 45, 46 yards just to make 40 yards. Um, but rightly, as you point out, the explosion numbers, 38 inch on the vertical third best safety, um, broad jump of 10-11, only behind Lewis Seen, who I think first jump Lewis Seen did a 10-11 as well. It was on his second jump, but he hit 11-1. So there's no denying Carl Hamilton's explosion. Um, it's available for you to see on tape. It was apparent in the measurements that, uh, that, that take that into account at the combine. I think that I think people just because of the range that Carl Hamilton has when you watch him on tape, the suddenness that he's able to close, how quickly he comes downfield in against the run and how heavily he hits. I think people maybe expected him to run faster. I think as a starting point, I think there was maybe a high level of expectation there just because of, of what you see on tape. Um you've got to bear in mind that this kid is coming back off of an injury, hasn't played since October. Um likely the first time that he's really gone into something like this in anger in front of a national um in front of national eyes attention whatever you want to call it um i thought on the on-field drills he there was a couple of drills where he kind of looked a little um not gassed but certainly not to the full like going at it full 100 percent full chat that we've seen hamilton at notre dame and um, but in in the rest of the drills he looked fluid out there he looked solid he, caught the ball as we've only you know we've seen on his Notre Dame tape so I've no concerns yeah. I've no concerns over Carl Hamilton in terms of his his long range forecast I think you're just looking at a kid who is coming back off an injury I was quite surprised to see him go through the length of testing that he did and I think that probably speaks to his character he wants to come out here and remove any doubts over his um over his ability to get back on the field and um, fair play to him for doing so yeah and i think too you know another thing to factor in here is the pro days are coming up and that's gonna give these prospects an opportunity you know maybe a couple to three more weeks to get really into full 100 percent form so you can go through the testing another time and maybe up your numbers a little bit so it, it's not the combine is the the showcase that gets all the eyes right but the pro days are important too, and that can be a good opportunity to kind of get a second run on it and maybe improve that time, right? And we were talking about it earlier, you know, like the margin for error is small, but on the flip side too, you know, bad technique can make a four, five, nine. And if you improve, you can maybe get into the four fours range. So it's one of those things where there is, especially for these athletes, these hyper, you know, in, these insane athletes who have that ability. You know, that's where the technique, the work, the 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 details really come into play and can help you maximize your performance. So, you know, for me personally and and you, obviously, Kyle Hamilton, that performance was not 
really a dampener on his stock. We'll see what he does at the pro day. I don't I don't remember off the top of my head what the date is for it. We've got pro day previews coming out at PFN uh, on the daily. I know Ali just uh, cranked through two of them this morning. So, you know, keep an eye out for those. That'll be a good preview. We'll give you information on the prospects that are there, you know, the events that are taking place. So, but though that's an opportunity to kind of make up some lost ground that you made at the combine. So uh, Kyle Hamilton discourse never truly ends, but that's just how it is with draft season. Uh, let's move on now. I know we had some prospects in mind. You know, obviously, the combine, the top performers get all the love, and deservedly so. I mean, these guys are freaky athletes, and it's a great opportunity to kind of recognize them. Kalen Barnes, obviously. Tariq Woolen is one that we haven't mentioned, but he was insane. I mean, 6'4", 205. He's got longer arms than Kayvon Thibodeau and David Ajabo, and he ran a 4'2'6", and had a 42-inch vertical. So that guy's freaky. Uh, they're all freaky. But Ali, I know, you know, the combine testing numbers, again, there were so many good performers that some of them got lost in the weeds a little bit. And then there's the drills too, the on-field drills, like, you know, running routes for receivers or corners, kind of flipping your hips in open space. And there were some guys who, you know, maybe weren't the top performers in testing, but really did well in drills too. So I want to ask you, you know, are there some names that, and you can, you can bring up top performers too, maybe guys that I know there were a couple of top, top performers that are still kind of falling under the radar. But who are some guys under under underrated, unheralded that really boosted their stock in your eyes? Let's talk about Sam Houston State cornerback Zion McCollum because let's talk about it. Let's do it. Let's let's talk about him because I he wasn't underrated in this camp. Let's put it that way. I had Zion McCollum as my 123rd overall prospect um on the uh, my latest big board, which you'll be able to find as part of the Pro Football Network draft guide. I'm sure Ian will have some more details for us on that a little bit later. But yeah, Zion McCollum is a kid who I don't think a lot of people are talking about um, before the combine, that's for sure. Um, but he's been hyper-productive at the F FCS level. 54 pass breaks up, breakups, 13 interceptions, part of a national championship winning team for the, the Bearcats over the spring season, which he played a huge part in with a an interception in the semi-final against James Madison. Um, but he'd come to Indianapolis um, and absolutely blown it out of the park. And when you talk about you know, Tariq Woolen as a size speed threat, that's exactly what Zion McCollum is. You know, he's not he's he's not exactly a short kid himself. Six foot two, um, really decent length, not the same sort of length as you know Tariq Woolen, but um, decent length, decent size. He's come in and absolutely blown the roof off of Indianapolis, off Lucas Hall Stadium in every single drill. You know, 4.33 second 40-yard dash, which he ran a 4.4 at high school. Um, so you expect him to be fast, but that is speed. And I, I think the speed zone is, is there when you watch. If you can get Sam Houston tape, uh, Sam Houston State tape, good luck. But if you can get it, the speed is there. It's evident. Um, but he also posted some just elite numbers across explosion and agility drills as well. Like a 3.94 short, 6.483 cone. They're your agility drills. Um, vertical jump and broad jump your explosion drills and 39.5 inch and an 11 inch broad jump. You know, we were talking about Kyle Hamilton and um, and Lewis Seam, you know, either side of 11 foot. There's Zion McCollum bang in the middle of those two guys. So he, he also showed out during on field drills for me, anyway. The bits yeah. that I saw, the bits I saw of Zion McCollum because he's a kid that sometimes. He, he, he showcases that speed, but he can look a little tight in the hips. 
um, but he looked really fluid out on uh, out on the field. Um, I think he I think he really put himself um, in national um, recognition, got an incredible exposure um, at, at Indianapolis, and I don't see any reason why people will not return to his tape and and really fall in love with this kid. Yeah, the six four eight three cone is insane. I mean, I I, I saw that yesterday. And right when I saw it, I messaged Ollie. I completely forgot that it was 2 a.m. Ollie's time, which, I mean, he's probably awake at that point. Yeah. But, you know, I, I completely forgot. I was like, did you see Zion McCollins? Like, this guy, like, 6'4", that's insane. I think it's like, I think that's in the 99.6th percentile among cornerbacks ever to test the NFL Combine. So that 6'4", is legitimately insane. And for a guy who's 6'2", I mean, that just makes it even more crazy. So, and I, I love that you brought up the fluidity and how he had looked stiff before because fluidity is a really interesting trait for me to evaluate because I feel like, you know, on one hand, I feel like part of it is a little physical, you know, physical talent. Like some guys are just a little more fluid put together, but at the same time, you can improve it with efficiency and motion. We brought up that term earlier, but you know, your footwork, you know, how, how low you get. Yeah. If you can stay in phase, stuff like that. I know Ahmad Gardner is one guy. I don't think he's the most fluid, but I really think he improved his efficiency of motion from 2019 to 2021 to the point where it's not a liability for him anymore. So I think, you know, it's one of those things. There is a degree of natural talent that goes into it, how naturally fluid you are, but you can improve it with your technique and you can become a little bit more fluid as a player. So Zion McCollum was really exciting. Uh, if you if you saw his production at Sam Houston State, you would have seen this coming naturally. I feel like in the, especially the FCS level, there's kind of a correlation between production and athleticism. Uh, we've seen some great athletes come come through uh, in recent years. I know Jimmy Moreland was a guy a, a while back who had a few nice seasons with Washington, uh, but he was a guy who tested really well. Now, obviously a lot smaller, but he was a productive guy at the FCS level. Zion McCollum in five seasons had 13 picks and 54 pass deflections. So this guy was constantly around the ball. Uh, and I think it's going to continue at the NFL level because he he proved yesterday that he could hang with the big dogs. So was very impressed by him. I think we can stick with the corners because there were a few other guys that I was really impressed by. Your guy, Caleb Evans. I mean, I think he ran in the four fours. Had some really, really nice explosiveness numbers if I can pull those up. But he was a fun one. And I know he's like 6'2", so he's a little bit bigger. Uh, but he's definitely got that length, that athleticism. Uh, let me, I'm, I'm switching over. It, it's taking a while to load. Here we go. Yeah, so, so. So yeah, he, he had a he had a 36 inch vert. Sorry, uh, Caleb Evans, 36 inch vert, and I think the broad jump was. Hang on, I'll, I'll let you go. Just a second, got to get the broad. Yeah, 10, 10, 10, 9. 10 9. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's pretty good. Not gonna lie, but what were you gonna say? Uh, yeah, I was just gonna confirm those testing numbers. Um, because I've got them up in front of me. So yeah, 10 9 broad and the vert, um, the uh, impressive 36, which is like top top 10 in cornerbacks. Yeah. Um, for both, um, both metrics there. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah, I'm, I'm using my phone for that. For some reason, NFL.com doesn't work on my computer anymore. I don't know why. On a, on a related note, I need to get a new computer. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's rough, but I'm using my phone. And for some reason, it's taking a while to load. But 
uh, which I mean, we're live. I should have written them down. You know, I have a lot of them kind of floating around in my mind, but sometimes when you forget, you got to look it up real quick, right? But yeah, Caleb Evans looked really good. I thought he looked very fluid in the drills that I saw. Uh, another, a couple more guys, Damari Mathis of Pittsburgh. I mean, this was a guy who he had two interceptions and 11 pass deflections back in 2019. So he was well on his way to being a, a legit early round pick potentially. And then I think he had like a shoulder injury or something that knocked him out of the 2020 season. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I got to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure it was an upper body injury. Uh, and then he comes back in 2021, has a solid year, invited to the Senior Bowl, uh, had a solid Senior Bowl. And then, just, but I think the combine is really what's going to turn people back to his tape because he ran a 4.39. Uh, he had that speed. And then during the drills, he looked really fluid too. And that was one thing that showed up to me on Mathis's tape is that he's not the biggest guy. Uh, but he does sink his hips really well in those transitions. He stays in phase, he stays in phase really well. Uh, he's got great press technique. You know, you always hear the term uh, feet first. You know, you want to set your base before you jam guys. And Damari Mathis is great at that, matching the receiver, using those quick twitchy lower body movements. And then he's fluid. He's pretty explosive out of those breaks. And then he proved that, that speed wasn't an issue uh, today. I, that was one of the questions I had about him. But 439 is pretty good. And I didn't think he had bad speed. I just wanted to see what the number was going to be. And he really turned my eyes. So I, I think he could be, you know, people are going to have different opinions on his tape. But he's got enough speed. He's got the fluidity. The, the press technique is really, really good. Really underrated guy in that sense. And the ball skills, too. You know, I think he could potentially crack the top 100. If not, he's a very good value deal on day three with potential starting ability. Uh, I gotta get, I gotta get my guy Jalen Armour Davis on here too because he was he measured in at six one, and I think he had a four three nine forty yard dash, which is very good speed for the guy. And talking to him, you know, he made a point. He's like, yeah, I trust my speed. Like I can turn and cover guys downfield, and he definitely showed that uh, running that four three nine. And then he looked very fluid on the drills too. I remember it was the very first rep of that first open field drill. And what you really want to do in that drill is, you know, you're flipping your hips constantly when they're telling you which direction to go. And you got to maintain your speed to get depth. You know, it's kind of like if you're in zone coverage on the football field and there's like two, let's say there's two nine routes streaking downfield, you know, and the quarterback's like switching between them. You got to constantly flip your hips to adjust your leverage so that you're prepared to engage if he does throw the ball. And so this drill is kind of, you know, emulating that constantly flipping your hips, but keeping that speed too on the back pedal. It's hard to do, but I, I thought Armour Davis looked really good, kind of set the tone right away with that first rep, uh, and then he, he continued to look fluid and explosive out of those breaks going forward. So he was a guy, you know, I think both him and Damari Mathis, guys, you know, who injuries affected their stock with Mathis, who was kind of, you know, kind of dulling his hype ahead of that 2021 season uh, for Armour Davis, who was down the stretch in 2021, you know, couldn't quite play at the level he wanted to because of that hip injury. But now that they're fully healthy, they're turning eyes again. So I, I thought those guys in particular really uh, elevated their game as well. The corner group as a whole, man. I mean, it was a super deep uh, group. A lot of guys performed well. You know, it's it's tough, but it's great. You know, you want athletic corners because you've got to match those NFL receivers. And I think you got a good group this year. You know, we knew it was a deep one coming in, but uh, it kind of reaffirmed our confidence. So that was a nice one. Any other guys from other positions kind of caught your eye? Yeah, it's <laughs> It's, it's kind of funny because we've got, I was writing a piece this morning and coming off the back of the DBs being on field um, last night and you've got the the hype of, of Caelan Barnes nearly beating John Ross's 40-yard um, dash time. Your mind is almost instantaneously drawn to what you've most recently seen. In fact, it's it's almost the, 
like the the epitome of recency bias because I was thinking of oh who impressed at the, the combine and it was like oh well there was this DB there was this DB there was this DB you know there was Matt Ariza who sort of failed yesterday um, but cast your mind all the way back to Thursday night and the tight end group which I think is incredibly deep um, and someone asked me who who established themselves who sort of, did anyone separate themselves from the pack in this tight end class, I honestly don't think they did. I think, if anything, there are guys who have asserted themselves further from from the back of this pack who are kind of pushing their way. One of those guys was Jelani Woods, tight end out of Virginia, who is having an incredible postseason process, as far as I'm concerned. He was somewhat of an unknown for a lot of people coming into the All-Star Game cycle. He had the sensational performance at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Um, caught a touchdown during the game. He impressed all week with his ability to create separation in drills. And this is a kid who is six foot seven, two hundred and fifty nine pounds, but moves more so so much more easily than you would expect at that size. And then he comes into the NFL Combine at Indianapolis and blows it up. You know, second fastest tight end time, but for me the most impressive tight end time in the 40-yard dash, 4.61 40-yard dash. He also led all tight ends with 24 bench press reps. Now, that might not sound impressive because there was guys like Zion Johnson who had 32 bench press reps and an offensive lineman. But Jelani Woods, 24 bench press reps with 34 and eighth inch arms. So the you think about the bench press, you're laying the back, you've got a list lift 225 pounds over your head, back down for a rep. If you've got super long arms like Jelani Woods has, that's a lot of effort to get to heave that 225 pounds upwards, back down, up again. I thought that was super impressive. I thought Jelani Woods is really an ascending tight end prospect in this really deep group of tight ends at the, at the 2022 NFL draft. You know, we mentioned his arm length there. You see that on tape as a pass catcher. You know, he's got long old leathers that can just reel the ball in. Um, I think he's a I think he's a kid who's only gonna um fly further up draft boards as as this process goes on and people go back to to, to see where who he is, where he's come from, what he's done in his career. Yeah, he's uh he's him and Shigozi McConquo were two, and I know we talked about this on the Thursday one, were two that really elevated their stock. Obviously, you know, almost more impressive to run four six one at six seven two fifty three than running four five four at six two two thirty eight, right? But still, both very impressive times and guys that are kind of elevating their stock. You know, I'm just I'm glossing over the position groups too. You know, I feel like one another one another one that we got to bring up is Troy Anderson, Montana State, the linebacker. Ooh, yeah. I mean, this guy had a four four two forty yard dash. I mean, explosiveness drills were really good too. I know he had a. He had a 36-inch vertical, and I think he had a broad jump over 11, too. Again, my phone is still loading. I don't know why it's taking so long to load today, but 10-8. He had a 10-8 broad jump. There we go. But um, he's like 6'4", 6'3", I think 6'3 and a half, and 243. So the guy is huge, uh, and he was a standout at the Senior Bowl. I mean, he plays fast. Uh, he doesn't always play. The instincts are definitely still a work in progress. There are times where he works himself a little forward too much. Uh, but again, the athleticism, we saw it. The NFL Combine confirmed it. He has it in spades. And Troy Anderson is a guy, me personally, I mean, talking to him, listening to his character as well, he's a very high character guy. Um, I, I expect him to go top 
50. I, I could I could see him go top 50. I mean, he's got the traits. Definitely a little raw, but, you know, that character, that athleticism, those two factors combined, he's another guy who I think is going to, you know, going to rise a lot through this process. This whole, this linebacker class is a whole, man. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot more impressed with it now. And I think going through the process definitely helped me kind of warm up to it. There's a lot of guys, but this whole linebacker class, a lot of guys tested really well uh, I, I know beyond troy anderson there was you know obviously channing tyndall who we mentioned christian harris uh malcolm rodriguez oklahoma state that's one i got to go back to he's a former safety he ran a four five two had really good explosiveness drills i've you know i've caught i've caught a few glimpses of his tape looks like a high motor guy really really productive so that's when i want to look back and see where he falls in for me but you know the linebacker group as well leo chanel is a guy it took me a little bit longer to come around to him i'm definitely going to be moving him up in my next big board update because the guy you know i don't love i still he didn't do agility drills and i don't love the agility on tape but again he's super explosive he's super physical as the blitzer coming down the middle uh i think you know especially on those early downs and especially as a you know on those passing downs too as that blitzing threat you know his explosiveness and physicality is 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 you know top tier. There, there's few guys that match it. So he's a guy you know, especially with that mentality, could see him going a little higher. I mean, just Ali, you go down the list, man. I mean, the the I thought there were some running backs that improved that impressed. I thought you know the wide receiver class we we went over it on Thursday, but it was a very nice class. The tight end class, a lot of depth, not top end talent, but depth. Uh, some offensive linemen really really uh, did well. I know Matt will let's go. Uh, he's a great guy. I had a chance to talk with him. Uh, Cole Strange did a very nice job. Uh, and there was a few more too. Uh, Zion Johnson, obviously, but he's kind of he's in the running for the fir- for the first guard off the board now uh, with the way he's been testing. And then obviously the edge guys, you know, Amari Barno was very good. Arnold Abikadi, uh linebackers, corners, and then the safeties too. Kirby Joseph was another one. You know, there's a few more that really, really kind of kind of put the roof off so this this whole class man i mean i feel like we've we've talked about aside from quarterback it's a very deep class with a lot of talent and to me just looking at it from a bird's eye view now you know i think the nfl combine pretty much confirmed that would you agree yeah for sure for sure and i think like we, we spoke at great length on um on friday morning about you know guys like christian watson i could talk about christian watson all day long on this podcast and quite frankly i might just do that for other for next six weeks seven weeks however long we've got left until until the nfl draft you know hey do it man i won't i won't i won't argue i won't argue i mean there's so much to talk about with that guy he's a he's a talented player he, he tested even better than i expected but i was you know watching his tape you can see there's definitely something there yeah in really just a, a an astounding performance really astounding performance but like you say you go down the, the position group you know I'll, I'll pick up a couple of guys that you've um, that you've you've not touched on because it's difficult to get all these guys in. Devonte Price, the running back out of FIU, I was blown away by his four point three eight forty time. This is a kid who um, his game. A lot of people um, think he's predicated just on physicality, um, and we were a little bit disappointed when he weighed in under two hundred pounds at uh, the Senior Bowl. But four three eight speed will get the job done in the NFL, and he's a guy who. He earned, I think it was like Paul Mann's Derrick Henry comparisons, um, which kind of were shot a little bit when he when he weighed in at the, the weight he did at the senior bowl. But I really like Devontae Price. If you're looking for a late round running back, he's a he's a kid that should firmly be on your radar. Yeah, um, and he, he weighed in at 210 at the combine too. So he put on some pounds and still kept oh, that speed, which is impressive. Okay. I did not see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, to, to that point, you know, he's got the, 
he's got the size to be physical between the tackles. He's got the speed to break long runs when it gets to the NFL. Yeah, 210, 31 and a half, uh, 31 and a half inch arms at six one. Um yeah, he's got the he's got the physicality to be strong between the tackles. He's got the speed to take in the distance. Um those are, you know, two boxes ticked as far as Devontae Price's NFL draft stocks concerned. Um those are a couple of running backs who I think exceeded expectations in terms of and uh, like they're, they're certainly their 40 yard dash time. Tyler Goodson, uh, a running back who I really like out of, of Iowa, who's very creative. He's earned the nickname Spin Shady because of all the the um, glamorous, glitzy um, things that he can do uh, to try and evade contact. But a solid 4 4 2 for him, which is, I think, a lot faster than what a lot of people thought he was going to run. Um, I'm surprised on the O line group you didn't mention your guy, Cam Jurgens. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause and I'm gonna let Shoot. you talk about I'm gonna let you Man, talk about Cam Jurgens because there's the, so many you... there's so many names floating around in my head. I mean, I think I made this analogy <laughs> a few weeks ago. It's like that, you know, the lotto balls in the in the jar, right? They're just like bouncing around, you know, and then you, you press the button, it stops it, and a name pops out. That's how it is with me. Like I, I was even as you were talking, I was thinking about more guys like Nick Benino, like uh, you know. Uh, Tyson Anderson had a great day. You know, there, there's so many, right? So, you know, obviously, guys, we're not, or obviously, everyone, we're not going to be able to get through all of them uh, in one podcast. So, if you have questions about people, uh, like, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter and ask us questions. You know, we try to be as accessible as possible for you guys, or for everyone. Oh, God, for everyone. I'm trying to negate that from my vocabulary it's tough it's hardwired in there i don't know i'm like andy bernard from the office but uh it's it's one of those things where there's so many players uh to to kind of get a read on so you really can't stop anywhere you got to keep diving into the class because there's so many players to to get your eyes on but uh honestly man it, it's so fun to dive through uh, and take a look at these guys cam jurgens is one i think he fits best as a zone blocking center uh, obviously a little under a little undersized. He came in over 300 at the combine and then ran like a 492. So very, very excited to see that that he still kept that athleticism. Um, it's just one of those things where on tape he doesn't show a ton of strength at the point of attack. Can get can get out muscled sometimes, but he's got that mauler mentality. He's physical. You know, he's aggressive and he moves really well in space. You get this guy downfield, he will block a DB 40 yards for you and pave open that lane. So in predominantly zone schemes, I love that guy. I was very excited to see him test. Ali, I, I would I would say we'd keep going, but we'd be going for two hours. So we got to cut this off at some point. I'll leave the last word with you. 60 seconds, man. Got any words of wisdom to take us away from the combine as we now move on to pro days and eventually the NFL draft? I think this is it. You know, this the, the combine is now done. It's in the books. We've got all these testing numbers, as we've said from the start of the show. It's one part of the puzzle. The NFL pro days are going to be coming in thick and fast. They're just another part of the puzzle. Um, but if you if you saw anything from um, from 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 any of these prospects that you weren't expecting to see, go back, flip on the tape, see what you think you saw. Maybe reevaluate, see where this guy is. Maybe check a different game that you didn't see. Um, that's always a good one. You know, there's so many. So many games available if you can find the tape for them. You, you might see something on a couple of different games that weren't there um, necessarily in the uh, in your first watch. I, one of the things I took away from the Scouting Academy that I did last year was if you haven't got your answer to the question in three games, can this player do this? Watch another game. Still don't know? Watch another one. That's the best way to get a hold on these game, guys. If, if you've got any questions about what they can do on the football field, 
get some more tape. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great. I mean, we deal with sample size error constantly in this business. Uh, so, you know, sometimes we don't have we don't always have time to go through every single game for every single player. But if you're really struggling to get a read on a guy, you know, it really helps to get that one game out of the way and see what see what's there, because every game is a different environment, a different situation. You know, sometimes they're maybe dealing with an injury. Sometimes, you know, they're under the weather or something. Yeah, it's little things like that, but it does make a difference. You know, so every detail matters. And I, I love that advice. I think we'll leave the reader, the listeners with that, Ali. I think we got to cut it short. We're already up to like 53 minutes, but that's what it is with us. We're long winded. You know the drill by now. So we'll cut it off before we go even further. But thank you, everyone, for listening uh, to the PFN Premier NFL Draft podcast. Obviously, the combine and the rearview mirror. We've got mock drafts, we've got scouting reports, we've got pro day previews, we've got more interviews all on the way. And when free agency is coming, you know, based on what happens on who signs where. We're going to have articles coming out for specific teams, too, talking about, you know, who should they draft, right? Who should they draft to replace this guy or replace player X? You know, there's so many different ways to look at it. And Ali, I don't know about you, but I'm very excited to look at it and kind of go through the rest of the process. We're almost there. It's it's March. It's early March. But we are now, I think, within two months of the NFL draft. So we are on the home stretch. We're getting there. Combine was just another very important milestone. Uh, as always, uh, if you want to ask us questions on Twitter, you know, reach out and kind of get our opinions on stuff. Uh, Ali's is at OJ Hodgkinson, and then mine is at Ian underscore Cummings underscore nine. Until next time, everyone, peace out. Uh, have a great day, and you know, just stay living, uh, stay looking, and you know, always feel free to reach out. Have a good one, guys.